Jay, how's it going, man? Great, Sean. How are you? Good. Have you had a good Christmas and New Year? Absolutely. Yeah, we have a Christmas that's kind of late. So our Christmas was three year, three days ago. So Orthodox Christmas falls on January 7th. So I'm still kind of <clears throat> re- re- recovering from Christmas. How are you? Are you saying you actually take days off from researching those Illuminati scumbags? Uh, I think in the in the work that we do, we never take days off. So we're even <laughs> right, even in the holidays, we're still working on our our websites and our YouTube channel, right? Indeed, um, because I've got a four month old baby. It was his first Christmas, so oh, congrats! It, it, yeah. it, 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 oh, thank you. It was nice uh, to celebrate. So, Jay, just for people who are not familiar with your work, could you just give us a few lines about what you do? Yeah, I cover all kinds of stuff. Uh, we cover geopolitics over my channel. Uh, we cover <clears throat> kind of meta politics, big picture stuff. I don't focus on a lot of the day-to-day uh, political drama per se, but where we're going in the world, looking at the uh, the writings of the elite, uh, we've, we've lectured through about 50 of those texts uh, over the last few years. Uh, I cover a lot of film symbolism, Hollywood stuff uh, at a deeper level. <clears throat> we cover a lot of philosophy. We do a lot of religious debates. Uh, all, all the above, uh, and uh, we do that not just on my channel, but also the fourth hour of the Alex Jones Show every Friday. I've done that for the last three years, so so that's pretty much what we do. And we've been collaborating with Jay for years, so I'd, I would urge you viewers, if you're not familiar, to check out our previous episodes. I think many of them have moved over to Rumble. All right, Jay, so what are these shape-shifting reptilians what do they have in store for us in 2024 that's the big question yeah i've done a few uh podcasts recently on this topic i think you can narrow it down to about four or five potential scenarios and i would start this discussion by going to a place that probably a lot of people have forgotten but in the uk you might remember this a few years ago there was this thing called the integrity initiative and the integrity initiative was a <clears throat> joint uk nato uh, situation where they wanted to figure out ways to combat <clears throat> the disinformation of russia and to do this they were going to engage in all kinds of psyops themselves this included uh, cyber psyops and, and included uh, using pop figures in fact yesterday i don't know if you saw this it just came out that they were talking about NATO was saying they wanted to use Taylor Swift as a mouthpiece for disinformation for NATO. Now, I don't think she went along with this, but they had actual people from NATO discussing how they were trying to get, you know, Taylor Swift to go along with this and throwing this idea around. So, uh, which, by the way, ties into all of our sort of Hollywood mind control stuff that we've talked about for so long. Um, but the integrity initiative was was a pretty wide ranging operation <clears throat> to counter supposedly Russia, and it was part of this uh, series of think tanks that at the same time was involved in constructing ways to counter uh, the future Donald Trump administration. And so they talked about how they had to do anything possible to make sure that Trump didn't get elected again because quote it would be the end of the global world order that they had constructed. Now. I'm not saying this as like a defense of Trump. I'm I'm happy to critique and be critical of Trump. I think he made a lot of mistakes. But from their vantage point, uh, I think that the establishment sees Trump as this sort of potential figure that can that can awaken a lot more people. And so another Trump administration they felt like was very dangerous to the existing liberal world order, as they call it. 
and they would have to really go back to the drawing board. And it would it would be very disruptive, is what their their fear. So they then engaged in, as we know, all of the sort of made up Russia uh, hoax stuff with Trump. Oh, Trump got elected through Russia, and tr- Russia hacked the DNC, and and this they bought these ads on Facebook, and this convinced all the boomers to vote for Trump, and all this nonsense, which is not true. <laughs> And so when this integrity initiative sort of all fell apart, we found out that it was the British establishment, in particular, former MI5, MI6 related people that had then constructed the Steele dossier as a big psyop. I think everybody kind of knew it was a psyop, unless you're a total normie. And again, all of that's relevant here because we're going into the election year. And I think that they have to throw whatever is, is, is big enough of a crisis that it could potentially disrupt the election, not even because Donald Trump is perfect or some kind of an angel, but you can see the lawfare they're engaging in right now just to make sure that he can't even run. They wouldn't exert this much uh, influence and power and, and all this energy and money if they weren't concerned, again, that it might trigger more and more people waking up. So I think that uh, first point I would say is that they could. Th- there's five or six things they could throw at us The first big one is the one that Klaus always talks about and has talked about ever since the uh, the coup of the last three or four years, and that is a cyber pandemic. So Klaus talks about cyber polygon, and that one's really dangerous because the threat here is that supposedly the Internet goes down on a wide scale. Uh, They ran this drill with uh, the Fortune 100. This included. IBM, it included all these different, you know, mega corps and the possibility of unknown hackers out there basically taking down all of our key infrastructure in the West. This could then be blamed on whoever they say. If you remember the WikiLeaks Bolt 7 leaks, I mean, they, they could say it's anybody, right? Just like they could spoof the address or spoof the claims of, of who was behind this, Russia, China, whoever. And then they can say, well, uh, because of all of this you know, chaos, we're going to have to implement new measures. So the crisis always brings out the intended effect that they wanted all along. So they want more clamp down. They want to shut down the Internet or whatever, shut down free speech. The crisis always provides that convenient mechanism by which they can justify their tyrannical clamp down. So I think cyber polygon is the number one potential possible scenario they could run with. Um, I also think that the number two scenario in my my list would be uh, uh, another of what we've seen in the last three years. So I'm trying to use coded, you know, coof language, uh, if you know what I mean, if, if you want to uh, talk about another. Uh, I think Bill Gates called it a uh, pandemic two. We'll say that. So I think that's another scenario because they didn't they didn't do all of what they did in the last three years for nothing. Uh, and, and people say, well, they wouldn't run that again because it kind of fell apart and nobody's going to buy it. Well, if there's a even worse scenario, people will buy it. They will say, oh, you know, this is way worse than what we saw in the last three years, which they're estimating, you know, 17 million. Um, if you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> had passed. So uh, you, you see what I'm saying? I'm trying to use the code words here. And not, yeah, yeah, we got you. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so that that's another potential scenario is another um, of of these releases or something gets loose, another virus, something like that. And again, the key thing that happens in these scenarios is that the result is always what they wanted initially. And I think the medical tyranny was really the key element by which they brought in a lot of this stuff the last time around, or they tested a lot of stuff in the last three years. 
So can we get people to go along with certain tracking and tracing measures? Can we get people to basically just default to not doctors, but actually what mega corporations and the CDC uh, or excuse, actually, actually the United Nations, the World Health Organization, what they lay down for everybody, mandate this for everybody. And I think a lot of people went along with it. Maybe not so many will this time, but it doesn't matter because the new treaty that they're trying to pass, this UN treaty, it actually just says arrest anybody that disagrees with the government, arrest anybody that criticizes <clears throat> or speaks uh, against this. So the really hard-handed uh, situations that we saw last three years, like Australia, that's kind of the model for what they want to do everywhere. Um, and this ties into the SDG, DEI a criteria that they want to have. And and this is like, so all oh, the Canadian trucker protests, right? When they were protesting that, that their situation, well, they banned people from bank, they debanked people on the basis of these just sort of made up DEI scores, SDG scores, all this kind of stuff. So that, that is what big, the, the big hedge funds, BlackRock, these things, they're pushing that in the background at the same time as it would be tied into, you know, the medical tyranny, uh, uh, the mandated, you know, what's in the future. So all of that, I think, is a, is another very, cru- and they could roll out a couple of these at once. You could get a cyber pandemic and, you know, some sort of new release that comes out magically at the, at the perfect time. Oh, we can't do the elections, so we got to have uh, you know mail mail in ballots again, and then all these trucks arrive, and suddenly it's you know an overwhelming landslide for Joe Biden again, and Biden's going to you know continue all of these wonderful policies that are making America uh, well, basically it's destroying the country, um, inflation, the borders, et cetera. It's it's really crazy, but yeah, so I think that the, pa- the pandemic too. Uh, is another one. Another scenario could be economic collapse. And again, it could be two or three of these at one. It could be all these. I mean, they could throw all the cards at us, right? Like their whole, their whole deck. Uh, if there was an economic collapse, then what we would have is a convenient scenario to transition us to CBDCs or something like that as the uh, intended result. So how do we get everybody onto some sort of UBI or government dole or international dole i guess you could say not really government but they but if everybody has to get a wallet or something like that after some giant economic collapse then everybody has the incentive then to get a you know government uh, uh, credits that roll out you know in your in your in your wallet that you know this the central bankers have set up for you that might be the solution to how oh well you know you can't have this you know, free trade anymore. You can't have a free laissez-faire economics, you buying this and that. It would, it would be an easy transition into a kind of a circular economy that they're always talking about at the World Economic Forum. And in fact, I was looking uh past couple of days at what the WEF has up on their website for problems to expect in 2024. And actually cyber uh, crime, cyber hacking, all that is their number one threat. So again, they're, they keep running with that, the, the cyber polygon scenario. Um, but yeah, so I think you could see something like that. Then it could get even crazier. We could see the push for the announcement of alien life. That could go off into all kinds of crazy directions, a staged fake and gray alien uh, announcement. Alien announcements could uh, you know, drive people crazy. Who knows? And they're already, I think, kind of testing the waters with these hearings with the David Gorish and all this kind of stuff, talking about how, oh, we found 10 bodies in the crafts. And they're not human, but they might be something else. You know, this is sort of, I think, testing the waters for 
a large scale alien psychological warfare operation. I think it's all fake. I think it would be very convenient for the powers that be uh, to announce alien life. And then as a result of that, they could say, hey, we, we might be invaded where there might be, you know, an attack. Therefore, we need in fact, they've even said this for decades. I don't know if you know about uh, Reagan was at the United Nations in the 1980s. And he said that if it was ever announced that there was alien life, it might finally lead us to a world government. I don't know if you've ever seen that clip, but yeah, it's a famous, yeah, it's a famous clip of Ronald Reagan at the United Nations in the eighties saying that, <laughs> saying that alien life would lead us to a one world government. <laughs> so you see the threats then are, it's not even about the threats. It's just the end, the end result they want is the world government. So whatever is useful to get there. So, um, you know, we could have a war, a global war. That's a, another one of the obvious scenarios. People say, oh, what about an EMP attack? I mean, that's possible too. Um, I think that would probably be in the context of just a, a war, um, which is possible. Um, they could say, well, hey, it's going to spin out of control. Uh, Middle East is now going wild. Uh, we're going to have to put troops in the Middle East and, and, and be involved in this warfare. And then that spreads from that region to other regions. So we could get another, you know, global war so all of those again i think are the, are the big key scenario and because they need something big enough to really distract from uh the coming election of course if you look at things like the integrity leaks and all that why they couldn't have another trump administration um yeah so i think you have to you know you the usa is kind of the center of the world empire as it is right now and so if you can take down that world empire um, you know, you can rebuild, you can have this reset. So, but so I think there are, there are certain protections in the West with, you know, the remnants of rule by law, all of that has to kind of go away uh, before they can really move to the next stage of what the WF wants with the great reset with, you know, you own nothing, you have nothing yet. You're kind of given a UBI or something like that. You live in a coom pod and a, in a, you know, box apartment in a, in a giant megalopolis. I mean, that's really where they want to go. So it's whatever's going to get them to that end result. I mean, they're already going crazy with, you know, killing a hundred thousand cows in Ireland because cows are bad for the planet. You need to eat bugs, not meat. I mean, this is, this is all very real. Um, but you know, we, I think it's, it's worth gaming out, you know, what are the p potential scenarios for 2024? Well said, Jay. You've covered a lot of ground there, and several questions have arisen in my mind and the minds of the viewers. And we'll start with A Nexus. How do the forces behind a cyber pandemic inoculate themselves against their personal business internet going down? It looks like in Cyber Polygon, when you read the the war game, they they don't really mind. Um, the businesses themselves kind of going down for a while. And in fact, it would probably be the case that, in other words, these would be controlled uh, and managed. So I think probably a lot of the top Fortune 100 slash Fortune 500, they would be aware or they might be in on it at the, the, the top level. So they might shut down and they might just shut it down and say, oh, well, you know, we don't know why we just shut down. So, you know, that's a possibility. I'm not like a cyber hacking expert so I, I'm not, I don't know a whole lot about that but just looking at their scenario uh in in the war game that they ran it did i don't think it shut down the entire internet but basically significant portions of the western world's infrastructure was kind of off for a while 
right? So it wasn't like it destroyed the whole internet or something like that. It was like, you know, maybe the internet goes down in in America for a few days, then it's back up, but banking isn't back up. Um, you know, maybe other things like healthcare administration being online, maybe that's down for a week. So it's sort of like this staggered thing of different, different uh, scenarios of different corporations and different things. Logistics, like maybe the, the logistics between how, you know, trucking is organized online or whatever through, through the Internet. Maybe that goes down and they can't organize where to send their trucks out so you don't get goods. Supply lines are down maybe for a, a, a week, a month, something like that. And we already kind of saw elements of that during 2020 to 2022. Um, I, I don't know what it was like in the UK, but where I live, even out here in the country, uh, we had a few situations where there was, I think, maybe a week or two where there was no meat. Like the, the grocery stores were no meat because they the, the trucking couldn't get here because there was COVID on everything. Right. So, um, you know, you could see, I mean, remember the toilet paper fiasco? I don't know. I don't know if the UK had toilet paper, but like everybody bought up toilet paper. Uh, which is a sort of weird meme that was going around the internet, like you wouldn't get toilet paper ever again. So, so I think we had about a, a month uh, where there was no toilet paper, and so I just basically shat myself. And just looked, no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, we 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 had toilet paper. I don't I don't know. I mean, you could you could get you could buy you know Kleenexes or whatever, but. <laughs> Did you have the toilet paper problem in the UK? I don't know. Oh, they were showing videos of people running around the aisles in grocery stores, grabbing the last of the toilet roll yeah. and arguing and fighting. And yeah, it was mayhem. It, it was that way in the UK too? Yeah. Okay, okay. But one of the first things everybody went for was toilet paper. Yeah. But in America, didn't they, they go for guns and stuff like that too? <laughs> well, it depends on where you live. I mean, where I live, everybody owns guns already. So nobody's nobody's going to be running for guns because everybody has it but uh yeah there could have been some places where you know maybe there's <clears throat> maybe it's harder to get a gun uh that they were trying to to go for that but but yeah i think um i think that to answer that question i think that the the cyber pandemic would be very controlled it would be very pinpoint focused at the weak points in any country's logistics and so it wouldn't really ultimately hurt Amazon or, you know, any of the, the big corps. So don't throw your checkbooks away, folks, like I've done, because um, it may come in handy if we have to go back to the old school banking techniques. All right. Jake wants to know, has World War Three already started? Yeah, it could be. I mean, you're right. That was the, you know, number four or five scenario, uh, because they can always, you know, hype up a war or or take it to the next level or say that the the existing conflicts in ukraine and the middle east have spun out of control or they can spark a new conflict in some other region um or you know i mean it's getting crazy to the point where in the u.s i mean there's so many people not from the u.s coming into the u.s on a daily basis that you could have those people uh potentially intended to be some sort of internal force to to change the country um i know we're not at that point yet but it could get to that situation if we have another say five or six years of joe biden who i mean it's not just uh people who are looking for a better life is what i'm trying to say which i can understand why people would want to come uh you know from another country latin south america whatever it's but it's people from all over the world 
and a lot of the videos that you see, there's no women or children there. It's like, you know, military age dudes. <laughs> Where's all the women and children, right? Um, and I think that, that that's intentional. I was just talking to a friend of mine in Ecuador, and he was talking about all of the ads and the promotions that they have everywhere in Ecuador for coming to America. And a lot of it is just scams that coyotes, uh, you know, they, they make you into basically a tool for extracting money from your family. So cartels will promote this. It's basically just a big scam. Um, but the Biden administration, I'm saying, I think collaborates with the cartels to foster that border operation. Um, so point being is that, yeah, I think that that could be a potential connection to a war scenario or, or an attempt to instigate a civil war, you could say. I mean, if you watch a lot of the pop, the, the pop culture, which we do, not because it's like a tool for divination or something like that. It doesn't, it doesn't perfectly predict the future, but you can kind of tell from sometimes the propaganda that they're pushing where they might go. And so we've seen uh, with this big Obama produced Netflix movie that came out, Leave the World Behind, that has basically all the scenarios that I'm talking about where really it begins with a cyber attack. We don't know what's going on in the film, but basically America goes down in terms of satellites and, and internet connection. Everybody's trying to figure out what, you know, what the cyber polygon was. And then it turns into more of a military style conflict where you have these EMPs go off and then you have like these weird biological warfare things that are released. Um, the, the film doesn't ever say who the enemies are, but it does say that basically there was this internal group, this cabal who was involved in, uh, you know, taking down the U.S. or the West or whatever. So, again, uh, long, long answer to to say that, yeah, that's very possible that that a World War Three scenario, which a World War Three scenario could conveniently also encapsulate all these other potential scenarios. Right. They, they could say if we go into a hot war when the Internet goes down, oh, the Russians took the Internet down. Oh, the Russians, you know, did this or that. They they collapsed the stock market through their hackers, you know, something like that. <laughs> Yeah, and Trump let them in. Exactly. Going back to what going back to what you said about Trump, Biden, and the economy then. So, you know, you mentioned these crazy allegations they made against Trump to try and torpedo his chances. But don't you think they've inadvertently increased his popularity by doing so? And as these things have been exposed to be so absurd, it's just had the opposite effect. And you did mention about the economy and a collapse. It seems to me that they're inflating the stock market presently mm -hmm. to try and increase the chances of the incumbent because they do realize yeah. that they have made Trump more popular. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that um, they really were trying anything they could. So they, I think they want to use the methods that are the quickest and the simplest first. So they would rather you know, try to use lawfare, for example, which is happening right now with all these court cases to try to take them off of various ballots and so forth. So I think that's the first route they go for. If that doesn't work, I think they'll ramp up to the next levels, right? Which would be the kinds of things that I'm talking about. Another scenario, I think maybe even before these big scenarios would be something like, well, oh, suddenly we have a, a, a crazed MAGA person, right? And we don't even know if they are, right? Maybe there's just some random you know, a provocateur or some uh, mind control lunatic or whatever, let out of the asylum. And they put a, they put a Trump hat on him and he goes and he does some big fake flag event where he pops off at a bunch of people in a mall. I mean, it could be anything like that as well. Right. Um, or it could be the last time this happened in the U S it was like an OKC uh, 
uh, type event. If you if, if you know about the history of that, there was a kind of a rising populism at that time against uh, the Clinton administration and the establishment at that time. And they conveniently had a, a crazed fundamentalist uh, person involved in kind of a weird far right cult called Elohim City. Uh, and th that ended up being the perfect uh, event to show that, oh, you see all of these people who are, you know, right wing populists at that time. Oh, they're all crazy and they're, they're T-E-R-R-O-R type people. So you know, if you look into the, the OKC event, I think that's it was like a, it was like a 911 before 911. But rather than it being Islamic uh, oriented, it was right wing populism oriented. And it had the it did it did its job. Now it'll be harder, I think, if they go with that fake flag event, you know, somebody trying to assassinate somebody or something like that. That would be harder within the days of the internet now that we're in to completely concoct a story. Um, but I mean, it's still it still would probably work. I think you still have enough of the population that are completely zombies that they would probably still believe it. We've got just over five minutes left with Jay Dyer. Please put your questions in the chat wherever you are watching this in the world. And the next question is from Fred. How is Jay's religious knowledge? Has he heard about the theory we're in a false timeline and Jesus has already come back and that Satan is running the show? Well, I don't know how you would gauge my religious knowledge. I mean, I do uh, talk about theology and, and all that stuff quite a bit, uh, philosophy, metaphysics. Um, the the closest thing I could think of to what you're talking about sounds like Philip K. Dick's worldview. So I don't know if you know, you know, Philip K. Dick is the sci-fi writer, right? You're like, so he actually had this view that in sometime, if you read the book of Acts after the, the life of Christ, the apostles are preaching the gospel in the book of Acts. And then I don't know where he got this idea, but Philip K. Dick thought that in the middle of the book of Acts, Jesus had come back and that, it was like not successful or something. And so we were launched into this like CERN alternate timeline where we're under Satan. So I, I don't know where Philip K. Dick came up with that. It's kind of a wild out there thing. If you watch the movie, uh, Richard Linklater's movie, Waking Life, which is kind of a famous, uh, uh, it was shot in rotoscope. It's kind of a, an edgy 20 year old kind of art house film. In, in Waking Life, there's a sequence where somebody has an interview. It's a stage interview with Philip K. Dick, and he actually goes into this um, this kind of timeline. So I, I don't think that that's true. No, I don't think we live in a secret alternate timeline. Right. Smasher Dobson wants to know who runs the world. Let's talk about that. Not actors from the government theater show. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I've been doing... Uh, the, the last uh, fourth hour that I did was a really in-depth dive into Jeff Stein McEffrey. You probably know who I'm talking about. <laughs> so I went pretty deep into the history of that whole operation and, and how these high level people. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's one group of ethnic people. I think that it's a lot of different people from a lot of different groups that all collaborate at a really high level in terms of international crime. So basically I, the way I see it is if you take the analogy of mafia organized crime and you put that at like the fortune 100 level, that's who's really running the planet. Right. So it's like higher level, super 
psychopath type people, people at the WEF, people at B-I-L-D-E-R Berg, people at, um, you know, these steering committee meetings, they're the ones that are calling the shots. And so although Jeff Stein McEffrey isn't himself at the, he wasn't at the top of the pyramid, um, he was an operation that's a window into how the international organized crime clique works. Uh, and you can see that by going into his, to Ghislaine's father, his role in the Cold War, um, his role in uh, hostile corporate takeovers that Macmillan, when he took over Macmillan Publishing, you can see how that kind of crime syndicate works at that level. Uh, so that's how I would say it, it works. Who's running things? Anon. Thoughts on Elon Musk? Well, I was surprised when uh, Alex did that big uh, interview with him uh, a couple weeks ago. That was kind of a, a shock to me. I, I didn't think that it was going to be that kind of explosive. Um, I mean, Alex has been saying for a long time that Elon is, uh, you know, on the on the right side of things. I, I would like to hope so. So I, in my view, best case scenario um, Elon is genuinely red pill, genuinely waking up. Um, and then he's kind of still got maybe some elements of the NWO worldview there, maybe with his transhumanism stuff. And maybe, so maybe he's like on a journey of like kind of awakening. I mean, I would say it seems like the same with Tucker. Tucker has gone from a very normie position over the last 10 years, uh, to, you know, admitting he was wrong about the big nine event all the way to being pretty open and, and, and awake to what's really going on. So I want to hope that with like with Elon, that's definitely the case. Worst case scenario. Um, he's just kind of trolling everybody and he really is part of the system um, in terms of not just being, I mean, obviously he's part of this in the sense that he's a very wealthy, powerful elite person, but in the sense of like willingly being on board with this agenda so I think that when when you start going against the Depop agenda, uh, that's a good indicator that maybe they really are kind of waking up because you're not you're not allowed to be in the system at that level at the high top player level that we were just talking about with the previous question unless you're on board with all of the scenarios. So yeah. we've got a, we've got a minute left. Let's see what what you can squeeze out of this question. Is there any chance elites start to gain a sense of nationalism rather than globalism? How don't elites just co-opt nationalism when the wind is blowing in that direction anyway? Exactly. Yeah, I think if there was a rising tide of nationalism, they would just kind of like you said go back to co-opting that movement. Um and they're very adept, the elites are very adept at steering and controlling through deception, through provocateurs, through uh, money, just buying off the leaders. I mean, that's really just what, look at the whole uh, Jeff Stein McEffrey thing. It's basically just compromising really high-level people, then they're controlled. So they would do the same thing with the new nationalist leaders. They would try to compromise them in all the classic uh, methods. Huge thank you, Jay. Do you want to tell the viewers where they can find you and support you, please? Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, you can go to jaysanalysis.com is my website. Uh, you can find me on Rockfin, great uh, free speech-based platform. Uh, you can find me on uh, YouTube, Twitter, all of those under my name, Jay Dyer or Jay's Analysis. Brilliant. Look forward to speaking to you soon, my friend. Take care, Thanks Jay. Again, Cheers. All right. Have a good one. Bye.